0: From Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes. We break down the big political news affecting Wisconsin. I'm Ayan Silver, speaking with J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com. He provides a roundup of the Wisconsin developments you need to know. Here's our latest conversation. Hello, JR, welcome back to Capital Notes.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: So let's dive into some of the big news from last week. The state Democratic Party announced a $4 million effort to target GOP lawmakers over their threats to impeach now Justice Janet Protasiewicz, who was backed by liberals in the election. Can you give a short rehash of the original calls for impeachment?
1: So go back to the campaign and Protasiewicz talked about how she believed the maps we have now for legislative districts are rigged, in her words. She also received about $10 million from the state Democratic Party in support for her bid for the Supreme Court. Fast forward now, Republicans have asked her to recuse herself from two redistricting lawsuits. Uh, The court has not said it's going to take the cases yet. Port of has asked uh, the parties, do you think I should be able to stay on? Those kinds of things. But Republicans have said if she hears these cases, they believe that's an impeachable offense. Now, not all of them. But Robin Voss, the Assembly Speaker, has been talking openly about if she hears these cases, he thinks that would be a violation of her oath of office and that Republicans may impeach her. Now, if you look real closely at his comments, when Voss talks about this, he'll say things like, he's an optimist. He hopes she'll do the right thing, in his words, and step off the case. If she does not, we'll have to do an analysis and then consider impeachment. So I'm not sure that Republicans are really gung ho about this idea trying to remove her. In fact, talking to a number of Republicans in both houses, they are really kind of wary of the idea of trying to impeach somebody who was just elected by 11 points. So that's percolating. And now you have the Democratic Party and its allies saying, hey, we're gearing up for this fight, essentially. We're going to put $4 million into pressuring Republicans not to impeach Portis Which Now, in my calls over the past few days about this effort, I've kind of asked like what they think the impact of this is. And on the one hand, if you're Ben Wicker, State Party Chair for Democrats, you kind of have to prepare for this, right? Like you can't sit by idly as Republicans gear up to possibly impeach Proto-Sewich and not do anything. And so by doing this, you are kind of making some noise, getting some attention on the issue. And oh, by the way, we're all starting to raise money. And this probably is going to be a very good fundraiser for Democrats in general, including the groups they work with. They're all getting organized right now for 2024 through this. At the same time, if you're a Republican who is worried about losing your seat because it might get redrawn through new maps, how is this money going to really pressure you? Because you got nothing to lose, right? So I'm not sure if this money will really change minds of Republicans. Also... If you're Robin Voss, and again, for my conversations, I don't think Republicans really want to move forward with impeachment. But if you're Voss, you're probably looking for what's my kind of alternative, what's my escape route from this this situation? Does this make it more or less likely that he is going to move forward with this? But are you boxing him in somewhat because there's now an expectation from some in the the base for Republicans that this is gonna happen? I'm not sure again, not sure they Republicans really want it to happen, but some of the base are expecting it. So there's good and bad with this money. But I also don't think that Democrats had a choice but to get prepared for this fight.
0: Well, this seems again, this seems really extenuating circumstances. There have been impeachment threats against a sitting state Supreme Court justice before this justice has even heard a case or done anything. You know, she's probably, I don't know if she's even ever written a decision at this point. And then there's this Democratic campaign against impeachment. Is this sort of unchartered territory that people are wading into that's never been seen before statewide or nationally?
1: When I talk to people, been around for a long time, I kind of get this sense of a feeling of the erosion of the guardrails we used to have, right? Like there was kind of this sense of this is how things are done. Now, don't forget. The reason we're talking about impeachment is because Republicans have such large majorities in both houses. They have the two-thirds votes, the two-thirds majority in the Senate that would be needed to remove if she was impeached. I've talked to enough Senate Republicans to know that they don't have the votes, the 20 votes they need to remove her. Um, but we're in kind of uncharted territory because we've seen so many things change over the years where what we thought what once thought wasn't possible has become possible. I mean, think about the last dozen years or so in Wisconsin politics. Act 10 and the mass protests of the state capitol. You know, the lame duck session in 2018, Republicans changed basically the rules of how things work with the governor and uh, the attorney general right before Democrats took over. The state Supreme Court with this new liberal majority right away in August was changing how things operate. We're just, things are just done differently. And then look nationally at this kind of, you know, push to impeach Joe Biden and the charges against Donald Trump, like all these things that, if you asked me 15 years ago, I thought they'd ever happen. I would have told you no way, that's crazy talk. But things have changed. This is all, remember, politics is about power, getting power and keeping power. And for Republicans, you know, you're facing this real real scenario in which you could lose your solid grip on the state capitol in both houses if new maps are in place. So what are your options? Um, what do you do? And this has become when they talked about again. It's it's not something I would envision several years ago happening, but that's where we're at these days.
0: Well, to impeach Justice Prosewitz, the Republicans would need a simple majority in the in the Assembly, correct? And then they would need two thirds majority in the state Senate. Do you, and you just said that the GOP doesn't have the votes, according to the people that you've talked to. Do you anticipate that that could change as time goes on, and that? There would be any political blowback for a decision such as that or any, development any, such as that?
1: Anything is possible. They could always change their minds. Also, don't forget that under the state constitution, once you are impeached as a judge or a justice, you can't exercise your position until the Senate trial is over and you are either removed or you are remain on the court. So, if there's a vote in the assembly, in theory, they don't have to remove her in the Senate. They would just let her sit for an undetermined amount of time and not be able to participate in cases that leave the court 3-3 between conservatives and liberals, and that's where we'd be. Now, there's all kinds of like what-if scenarios. So, okay, Republicans go that route. They try to sideline her indefinitely. Well, Democrats think, hey, she could resign, and guess who uh, appoints a replacement? Tony Evers. He could just appoint Porta the same exact spot. He could pick somebody else. Restore that four-three liberal majority. There's all kinds of like scenarios of what if, but again, this is not the way things are not supposed to work. Right, government, right? It's it's uh, just such a, a a unique situation and a time in Wisconsin politics.
0: How much of this can you attribute to the fact that the maps in 2010 were significantly gerrymandered to favor Republicans?
1: So remember, those maps are drawn in 2011 by Republicans. The Supreme Court. Of Wisconsin in its last run of redistricting lawsuits. So you have to take a least change approach. And so that meant the maps we have in place now are really based on those maps that are a dozen years old. Um, they are very, very favorable to Republicans and they very much um, have shielded them from democratic waves or good years for Democrats. They are really in a good spot with these. If these maps were to go away, it'd be a different story. Now, we don't know what the court would do if it did take up redistricting and issued a ruling. Also, don't forget, um, I've talked to a number of people about this issue and I'm kind of a a dork about redistricting. I could draw you a map in the Senate that's a 50-50 map um, that would be competitive and could go back and forth between Democrats and Republicans. Unless you draw a Democratic gerrymander, you can't do the same in the assemblies because it is true that Democrats are concentrated in more urban areas, not just in Madison and Milwaukee, but near Green Bay, Eau Claire, you know, La Crosse. Territorially, they are kind of compacted at times. You would have to draw districts like treat Madison like a, like a bicycle wheel, right? You'd have spokes coming out of Madison, of downtown Madison, out into the the counties to try and you know spread out Democrats. You just couldn't do it. So um, these maps, even if they're ever drawn, you're probably going to have a Republican majority in the Assembly unless you have a big wave year. The Senate could go back and forth, but these are really good maps right now for Republicans. What they're drawn right now, they are no toys about it. They are good for Republicans, and they're drawn that way.
0: Right. I mean, you wouldn't even be considering a two-thirds majority in the state Senate for Republicans if the maps were different.
1: Most likely not. You know, I mean, it depends on what foundation you use to draw them. Obviously, Democrats are arguing for a, quote-unquote, fair map. The word fair is in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, what is fair? They argue that there should be a political component to it. Like we're a 50-50 state. The map should reflect that balance. Republicans counter that that's not in the Constitution. It's about compactness and communities of interest and other things. So, you know, it's, it's an open question how those maps would look w- if they were redrawn. But it's hard to imagine a scenario in which these maps were worse for Democrats because Republicans have drawn them to maximize their potential for winning seats. And let's be honest. De is the most partisan thing, politically partisan thing you can do in the capital that's legal, right? You can't raise money from your camp- from your state office or engage in campaigning, but you can draw maps that give you a big campaign advantage. And if Democrats had the same opportunity, they would do the same thing. that's it's part of what happens across the country. look at New York and Illinois with the maps drawn by Democrats there. I actually should say Illinois New York's was thrown out. But Illinois's map that was drawn to give Democrats an advantage the Democrats control. Both houses, legislature, and the governor's office in Illinois—it's—it's it's what partisans do given a partisan opportunity.
0: Yeah, but would would Democrats be threatening impeachment if the tables were turned on this situation? You know, in the in the it, state supreme court.
1: Good question. Um, I never thought we'd get here. You know, in my conversations with people, they'll be talking about this right now. But that's—it's—it's a—it's a scenario I can't answer. It's such a hypothetical.
0: Well, one of the other X factors in this is that the Wisconsin Judicial Commission dismissed. Several complaints against Protosawitz for what she said on the campaign trail, which is what's kind of riling up Republicans, in which she said that the the maps were rigged and the court would have to do something about it. But the Wisconsin Judicial Commission wrote that there was no evidence of misconduct. How is this factoring in into the conversation?
1: It covers one piece of the equation, because remember, the Republican motion to try and get Protosawitz to recuse is based on a couple of things. One is what she said the campaign trail. They argue that her comments, the maps were rigged, means she has predetermined her decision about these maps. The second thing is the nearly $10 million the Democratic Party of Wisconsin gave her the course of the campaign. The judicial commission um, rulings, which actually came out in May only found about them uh, this past week, only deal with the comments she made on the campaign trail. There's still that contribution component. And really, if you get down to this, I don't know if Republicans will go the impeachment route in the end, but part of it might be just a delay tactic. Can they try and find a way to keep these maps in place for 2024 and then live to fight another day? And why I'm saying that is because that $10 million, there's an argument to be made that the U.S. Supreme Court in the past ruled in a West Virginia case that a justice who had gotten support, like $3 million from a business exec who had a, a, a appeal-pending over a $50 million decision against this company, that that $3 million was disqualifying, that that justice should not have heard that case. There's some real differences though, between that case and what's happening here in Wisconsin. One, the $3 million was more than the two camps spent put together. In Wisconsin, I tracked 56 million spent in this race, and it's likely much more. So the 10 million bucks is a lot, but it's not a dominant factor financially, looking at things, and two, the US Supreme Court in that 09 ruling, it was a 5-4 decision, the only three justices left who were part of that decision. They're all conservatives, they were all in the minority saying this is not right, we should not be rec- you know, forcing this guy off this case and overturn this decision. So I don't know how the US Supreme Court, now with a six-three conservative majority, how it would handle an appeal of a state Supreme Court ruling or this question of recusal. But it might be enough to delay things long enough that you'd keep that map in place for 2024. Because remember, the Democrats in their filings have said they want maps by I think mid to late March of 2024. The Elections Commission has said before in the last round of redistricting, the last legal fight that they need maps kind of like in that mid-March area to have them in place by April, when you can start circulating nomination papers. So there's a timeline here that's very sensitive to when you get stuff done to have a map in place for next fall, if you can pull it off.
0: Wow, you've given us a lot to think about, Jr. and of course, there's a lot going on in the Capitol. Thanks so much for filling us in, and thanks for joining me on Capital Notes.
1: Anytime. Thanks.
0: That was J.R. Ross, editor of wispolitics.com, speaking with me, WEWM's Mayan Silver. Listen for our segments with Jr. Ross every other Monday, with an extended segment on Lake Effect, and check out the Capitol Notes podcast wherever you get your podcasts.